Today on the Stitches Podcast, we analyze the first week and a half of the regular season and some of the surprise teams and players. Are their performances real or mirage? Let's get into it. everybody and welcome to another edition of the Stitches Podcast. I am your host Luke Manerfeld. I'm here with Nick Budig and Noah Manerfeld. Robert Stangler is on his way to Phoenix, Arizona right now to visit some family. His computer's still not working either so he's just got he's all out of sorts right now but uh, it's just us three today and as I uh, talked about in the intro we are going to go over some of the first week and a half performances from some players and teams and if they are real or mirage. Uh, first, uh, let's take you through the Sitches panel here. Nick Budig, how's it going? Oh, it's going good. We got a little bit of uh, some flood action going on up here, so getting ready for the ap- apocalypse. So that's always good. <laughs> it's just flooding up there? Yeah. Oh, you guys still have snow? Yep. Oh, we had like 70 degrees today. It was well, beautiful. It was like I got a sunburn. Here, but we still yeah, got no, no one's got a sunburn, apparently. I had a kid. <laughs> Noah's uh, soaking up the vitamin D. How's it going? Oh, it's good. I had a barbecue yesterday. Got to fire up the grill for the first time this year. It felt nice. 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 Uh, yeah, we're really excited to talk about this podcast today. We've got um, some of the big surprises of the regular season so far. Um, before we get into the topic, so I just want to remind you, we are on a bunch of different pl- podcast platforms. We're on Google Play Music, iTunes, Stitcher, anything, uh, anywhere you get your podcast. We'd love it if you subscribed. Uh, rate and gave us some feedback we're always appreciative of what you guys have to say um okay i want to i want to go over some of these some of this uh, real mirage stuff but we got to do the name game first and uh see if uh you guys can guess the name i came up with this week so the name today is dylan slugger Mm. dylan Mm. slugger and here's a couple facts played at double a and triple a with oklahoma city still the dodgers affiliate he had 32 stolen bases, a 240 average, seven home runs. Dang. So that's huh. Dylan Slugger with the Dodgers organization. So he's not a slugger. He's got some wheels. 32 bags. Oh, I guess, yeah. Dang. All right. Oops. Nick, you are first. Is this a real player or nah? Um, hmm. I'm going to have to go with uh, trying to see what. Um, he's not true. He's not a real person. <laughs> okay. I think you Googled it. All right. No. <laughs> I'm going to go the same thing. No. No, not a real player. Okay. So you both are in agreement here on Dylan Slugger. Not a real player. Okay. Let's jump into the regular season surprises and what our thoughts are. I think the biggest storyline, well, we'll start off with two of the biggest storylines. Uh, it's debatable which one's bigger, but the first one is the Boston Red Sox. And the Red Sox have come out of the gate scuffling in 2019, just two and eight, uh, after coming off the obviously winning the 2018 World Series, and it's kind of a concerning start for them. Uh, the re- the run differential 45 to 72, which is a 27 a negative 27 run differential. It's not it's not looking good for them. JD Martinez is pretty much the only guy in that lineup who's producing big time. 359 batting average, three home runs, eight RBIs. Everyone else has completely struggled. The rotation hasn't looked good, and their bullpen has been pretty ugly. Uh, guys, real mirage on the Red Sox here. Nick, let's start with you. Um, I'm going to have to go with it's a mirage. It's uh, This team has – I mean, the offense has struggled, but it still has the best best top one through nine. 
uh, lineup in the league. Uh, the pitching is the question mark, and I think that was a big question mark going into the season already. If you look at the – I'm just going to throw out some ERAs for the starters. We have a 6 ERA, a 12 ERA, a 13 ERA, and two eight ERA from the starting. And that's including Chris Sale and David Price. Um, Chris Sale isn't going to finish the season with an 8 ERA. We all know that. I think the, the rotation is going to try to find its form. The bullpen is going to still be an issue, but that offense, it's just going to find itself. It's, it's too good to be outscored by 30 runs this early in the season. I think there is a big um, concern with Chris Sale, though. I, yeah. I, I, I'm kind of in agreement with you, Nick, that the starters are going to be better. But Chris Sale's throwing 89, 90 miles an hour right now. It's about mm-hmm. five miles per hour below what he had before that injury last year. So that's definitely concerning. And, you know, he's not going to finish an eight ERA, but can he return to his dominant form? I don't know. He just can't, He's coming off a, a pretty good start when he had that diminished velocity. But I don't know if, if, if he, he can't throw that 95. He's still got the herky-jerky movement. That'll mm-hmm. fool hitters, but I don't know for how long. And we see a lot of pitchers, too, when they lose their velocity, they almost go through this period where they're trying to figure out how to throw without that velocity. And so if this velocity is here to stay... Throughout the season, I think we're going to see a really inconsistent Chris Sale, which does not bode well for this Red Sox starting rotation, which is not that deep beyond their five starters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really isn't. And the bullpen is definitely a concern. I think Ryan Brazier picked up the save today. <laughs> uh, they have him. They have Matt Barnes, who's pretty solid. But other than that, like that, this bullpen is pretty sketchy. And that we all know that how, how important bullpens are today. And how how important they have to be in in a game plan and throughout the whole season. So I only think the bullpen's going to be. Um, I don't think the bullpen's going to be a rock for them, but their starters are going to get better. And if you look at their lineup, Mookie Betts hitting 262 right now, 333 uh, on base percentage. Ben Attendee's hitting 270. Mitch Moreland's hitting 259. Eduardo Nunez hitting 180. Uh, Rafael Devers hitting 243. So these are some guys that. You'd expect them to start hitting pretty well. I mean, a lot of them aren't hitting for power either. So you expect these guys to start breaking out a little bit, maybe as the the, the weather warms up. And as if that lineup gets going and the rotation uh, starts to get, come around, I think the Red Sox are really going to uh, put it put together some wins and uh, challenge for the AL East again. I'm really not that concerned uh, I, for them. I do think there is a concern with how good this division is, though. Mm-hmm. Having a start like this, it's going to be tough to bounce back. You've got the Yankees in that division who, while they're battling some injuries, they're still the Yankees. You've got the Rays who are going to be competing. So it, we are only a week into the season, but we see a lot of times teams fall into this hole right away and they struggle to climb out of it. And in a, in a division like this, this is not good for the Red Sox chances of winning the division. Yeah, I think baseball prospectus actually dropped the Red Sox with the updated start to 86 and 66, which is second in the division. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that kind of just shows, Noah, what you've been talking about, about how the slow start might hurt them a little bit. And the Yankees have been playing pretty well. I mean, they're not crazy, but they've been playing all right. Uh, Red Sox are also one in three in one run game, so you'd expect that to maybe mm-hmm. turn around a little bit because I would, you know, their bullpen's not good, but their offense, you know, they can lead some mm-hmm. comeback games and and like i said they have they have a couple solid options in the bullpen so i I think we're all in agreement there it's kind of mirage the red sox are kind of kind of turn around and they're going to probably compete for the al east again and And, and make the playoffs and the red sox have yet to play a home game so that that has a big effect on them as well yeah and we've seen this before where it's cold weather and like i said some of the hitters should heat up as the weather warms up so um perhaps maybe more of a concern than the red sox though chicago cubs off to a two and six start, 
really concerning there. Just a couple stats that I, I found uh, looking up the Cubs today. 68 teams have started one or six or worse. Only three of them have made the playoffs. So mm. the Cubs are, are in some ter- some sketchy territory right now. Obviously, they, they come into the season with all that, with all kind of the hoopla around them being picked to finish last in the NL Central from baseball perspectives. And the start really hasn't helped some of the Cubs fans in their argument. Uh, but like we said, still early. Uh, the run differential is only negative seven. So they're, they're losing some close games. But guys, Noah, Chicago Cubs, what do you think? I think the Cubs right now... I don't think they're going to be two and or the to the extent that they're two and seven, but it is there's a lot of concerning marks here. Number one, their start their offense is on a roll. They're first in the league in average, second in OPS, fourth in home runs. They've got some guys who are on fire like Wilson Contreras hitting 289. Uh, you've you've also got Jason Hayward hitting 370. I think that that offense is going to regress a little bit. It's not going to be as good as it is right now. And their rotation right now, uh, one of the oldest in the major leagues. In fact, there's only one mm-hmm. pitcher under the age of 30 at Kyle Hendricks. Their rotation's not doing very well. And especially with that age, that's not good. And their bullpen's sketchy. Heading into the year, we were expecting guys who last year had a, a pretty solid year at an old age to come into this year and do much of the same. But right now, the way they're starting and how balanced this division is, I think they could stay in fourth or third place in this division throughout the year. It's definitely concerning. And I'll, I'll drop a couple of things on the stat there, Noah, on your pitching stat. Six or, they've allowed six or more runs in seven of their eight games, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And Brad, uh, Brad Brock is the only reliever under a seven ERA. Seven ERA. <laughs> He's at he's around two. Every other reliever has over seven. That's just crazy. Nick, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I I think it's it's a tougher spot than they are in the than the Red Sox. The same issue. I mean, opposite of the Red Sox, this team's offense is on fire, like you mentioned, but it's in for regression. And then I mean, this the rotation four or five years ago would have been the best rotation in baseball. They had Hamels, Lester, and Darvish, but I mean, we're they're all over thirty, like we mentioned. They're all on the on the back end of their career. This team, it's in a tough division, just like the Red Sox are in. Uh, but I, I don't see them honestly getting if they they hit the regression like their offense is probably going to hit. Like you said, Contreras isn't going to hit 389 all year. Mm-hmm. This team is a it could be a fourth place team with the Pirates possibly being that being that sneaky team or even the Reds sneaking up. This uh, the the pitching staff is an issue. The bullpen's an issue. Just this isn't the this isn't the World Series with Cubs a couple of years ago. Yeah, and we're talking about an NL Central that's really tough. Uh, so they're gonna be they're gonna be playing a bunch of tough teams, and uh, I I I think this is a mirage. Uh, but the, like I said, there are concerns with the pitching staff. I think their offense is probably one of the best in the NL if you kind of mm-hmm. take it one through nine. Uh, and, and their pitching staff is similar to what it was. Besides the bullpen, their their starting pitching is similar to what it was last year. So I honestly don't have that much concerns that they'll make the playoffs. But I I have a I have some deep concerns about them making a run in the postseason and uh, contending for a World Series, which is obviously the ultimate goal. And to me, I think the way the Brewers are starting, the Brewers look like mm. they're ready to win the division for a second year in a row. They are on fire. The Cardinals are a really deep team. I don't think the Pirates will stay there, so I think this Cubs team could be a third-place team. But the way the NL is right now, I personally think it's going to be tough for them to slide into a wild-card spot. And just an update on the baseball prospectus thing. They have them at 76 and 78 last mm. in the division. So losing record <laughs> wow. after this slow start. 
It's kind of crazy how things change. Cubs fans are acting like the sky is falling, and it's it's very entertaining. <laughs> very entertaining. Yeah, and it, it, this is the kind of start that just deflates a fan base too, and, and an entire team. So this could carry on into the year, just a ten game stretch. Well, I read a I read an article before the season started about the Cubs saying maybe they weren't as focused last year because, uh, you know they they kind of got not full of themselves, but they were a little confident, too confident. Complacent. And yeah. they weren't playing. Yeah, they got complacent. That's that's the perfect word. They got complacent, and this year they're they're going into it like, okay, we we have to focus. We have to. We're not the World Series winners anymore. This is we're three years removed from it. And this sm- slow start doesn't really kind of affirm what they're what they're. It's it's kind of seems like lip service, right? They haven't mm-hmm. really backed up or put their money where their mouth is, and that's definitely concerning. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I. We I've seen some news about Joe Madden. It's in his last year of his contract. They decided not to re-up him. Uh, just I think they're trying to. I don't know if they're putting him on the hot seat or whatever. But this is not good for Joe Madden. This could be his last year if they don't make the playoffs or if, or if they don't make a deep run. And I I talked about this a little bit in our prediction show. But one of the biggest issues with this team is they just haven't changed. They need one new player to keep things fresh and to spark things up. But this team's the same team that won the World Series a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And that kind of keeps for a stale clubhouse, for lack of a better term. And I think that's really hurting them in this situation. They've had no prospects for a while, too. Exactly. Really no big yeah. prospects that come up and make an impact. And sometimes you see that spark a team. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, I'll kind of recap. Uh, me and Nick said it's Mirage, but there are cons- there are some real concerns to the Cubs. So, uh, And then, Noah, you said uh, real you think the Cubs are going to be struggling this year. Mm-hmm. All right. The last uh, team, and then we'll jump into some surprising players, the Seattle Mariners. So let's get off some of the negative stuff. Jump on the uh, jump on the bandwagon a little bit here. Seattle is starting off super hot, 8-2. and two, um, And this is a team that not a lot of guys, not a lot of national writers, not a lot of even local writers predicted to maybe have a, a voice in this AL West race especially with the Houston Astros in that division. And the Astros have gone off to a pretty poor start, too. Nick, what is going on with these Mariners? Do you think this is going to be uh, something that we, we got to keep our eye on? Is this a team that's going to contend? I mean, I think this team has a, has a very good offense, a, a kind of a sneaky good offense. And the rotation is kind of an under-the-radar kind of rotation. But again, again still, they're, they haven't, they're in a very tough division. Like the last two teams we talked about um, in this offseason, they trade away. They traded away their t- probably their two best players in Cano and Diaz, and we all kind of thought, okay, they're kind of they're done. They're just kind of kind of take the season off, get ready to rebuild. But I mean, I'll, I'll know, I know we'll talk about him later. But Tim Beckham was on in that in the opening series with uh, Oakland. He was incredible, and he still he's kept up that that uh, that streak. But I, I I still think this is a little bit of mirage. This is another just a a young kind of team, just happy to start the season off, but. Again, this offense—it, I mean, this offense could surprise a lot of people this year. And Nick, just piggybacking off that, their 24 home runs leads the majors, and their mm-hmm. 73 runs leads the majors. Now, I have to preface that saying they had two extra games at the beginning of the opening day in Japan, so they do have like a a one or two games more than the rest of the league. But still, pretty impressive that that the offense has been lighting it up uh, for them. Noah, what is, what's your thought? I think this Mariners team could be for real. I don't think they're going to win the division or even make the playoffs. Um, and right now, they look like they're going to be making the playoffs. But this offense is real, like Nick said. And they really describe this offseason as a retooling. 
And I think that's really what they did. Right now, six of their nine starting uh, hitters uh, they acquired via trade. They got Kikuchi in that rotation. That's very underrated. The bullpen is really iffy right now. I think that's going to be holding them back. And I think what I want to compare this team to is the Rockies teams uh, a few years ago. They had a couple teams in which they were always first in the West for a month, and then they'd kind of fall off late. I think that's what we're going to see from this team. But I really like what I'm seeing from them, and it's going to bode well for their trade values come trade deadline season. They do have a sketchy bullpen on paper, but they are 3-1 and one in run-run games so far. And that's kind of... I think that's important to note, too. And they, they lost Hunter Strickland. He's going to be out for a couple of months, the the closer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that was probably probably their best yeah. bullpen weapon. Anthony Swarzak's pretty good, too, and he's kind of the, the, the closer now. But Strickland was going to be an important role. So I'm totally with you on the, on the bullpen. It is sketchy. Uh, but I love the offense. We all love the offense for the Mariners. All right, let's recap here. So I, Noah and I kind of took the, the cop out, the easy way out. We said... Yeah, kind of real. We like the offense, <laughs> but the pitching is kind of sketchy. No, Nick went all in and said Mirage. Um, he doesn't like Tim Beckham as an MVP candidate, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that a little bit later in the show too with Tim Beckham. Uh, okay, let's. That's the. Those are the team surprise teams. Now let's do some surprise players, good and bad. We'll start with maybe the the biggest surprise on the pitching side. Corey Kluber, a former Cy Young guy, multiple Cy Young guy. He's starting off the season super slow, 5.23 ERA in 10 and a third innings, a 1.55 whip. He has completely struggled. Seems like he's kind of lost on the mound a little bit. We've never seen him kind of struggle. I can't remember the last time I've seen him struggle in back-to-pack starts. I don't know if you guys can. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, is there real concern here, Noah? I think there's real concern. He's heading into his age 33 season. Uh, yeah, he's coming off of a few... Cy Young caliber seasons. He's been in the top three in Cy Young four of the last five years. But again, he's 33, and I I see the FIP, and I see that it's half of what his ERA is right now. And I know FIP's not the best stat to look at a couple games into the season. But I think there is real concern that he's not going to return to his Cy Young numbers. I still think he's a top-of-the-line rotation starter. Uh, He's still in that top 20 in the American League in which the Indians have five top 20 starters. But I think there is concern that he's not going to be that ace anymore and the Indians might have to rely on someone else. Nick, what are your thoughts on Kluber? Um, I I really like Kluber. He is a very consistent pitcher. I think it is a mirage to an extent of what he's had. He's had, you can still kind of see his numbers have been, have dipped last year. They weren't as good as his 2017 season, which was outstanding. Um, like Doan mentioned, he's, he's entering his age 33 season, but I still think this guy, he's, he's the ace of that Indians staff as of now. I mean, Trevor Bauer is absolutely incredible, but he's the veteran guy on that staff. I, I don't see him really ending the season this week. I, I still think he's going to be another 15 game winner, um, with the stuff he has. So I don't think this is, I think this is a, a mirage, this awful start he's having right now. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna drop some uh, analytics on you guys. You ready? Get your. <laughs> I, I'm not ready. Cap on. You can okay. give me a sec. So there, I, I okay. I say this is a mirage, uh, and and I'll show, I'll tell you why. There's if you look at the numbers of the type of contact he's giving up, uh, his exit his exit velo uh, for his for the batters he faces is up just uh, about one mile per hour from 87.3 last year to 88.2. So not a huge jump. And the the velo on his four seam fastball, so how fast he's throwing it, is is just down 0.3 miles per hour. So he's not losing any velocity on his fastball. 
his hard hit rate is up, but it's a really small sample size. And it's really hard to tell. And his 2.66 FIP, which kind of it, it, it weighs walks and strikeouts and home runs over any balls in play, is 2.66. And uh, that's compared to his 5.23 ERA. So you expect his ERA to go down. There's really not a lot of numbers that show that his his uh, his stuff or his 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 uh, his velocity and amount has really gone down. So I don't expect him to have this, to keep this bad start up. I think he's going to turn it around. All the numbers are kind of pointing toward him figuring it out because he hasn't really lost any of his stuff. I mean, if he lost a couple of miles an hour on his fastball like Chris Sale, or if he his curveball what well, he wasn't using as much or something like that, I'd be concerned. But from what I'm seeing, I'm really not concerned on Kluber. Well, and Kluber, too, has been known as a guy who's who gets blown up in a couple starts a year but mm-hmm. bounces back. And so that could be what this is. But I think heading into age 33 season, there is some concern there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just to recap, I think it's a mirage. Corey Kluber's start is a mirage. Nick, you think it's a mirage. And Noah thinks it's real-ish just because of the age. I think there's going to be some regression built in there. All right. Now we're going to we're gonna cater to our Minnesota Twins faithful Jorge Polanco <laughs> for the Minnesota Twins has been off to a, a pretty hot start. He's uh he's been impressive in that Twins lineup that has been really impressive overall. Uh, Noah, I jump it to you. I you're the Twins expert here. What do you think about Jorge Polanco's hot start at 387 batting average with a homer and a 441 on base percentage? Everywhere Jorge Polanco has been, he's hit. Uh, he's been a machine, and in fact, I remember he came up in 2014 and 2015 and very limited at bats and his bat was he was 20 and 21 at that time his bat was not um it was major league caliber at that time mm-hmm. his fielding was always the thing that held him back and so now heading in his age 25 season last year his numbers didn't fall off in half of a season i didn't expect any regression and i think this is something that he's capable of i think we could see 15 to 20 home runs he doesn't strike out that much keep in mind when the Twins went to the playoffs in 2017 and they had one of the best offenses in the baseball the last two months, Jorge Polanco was the number three hitter. He's capable of being a number three hitter. Uh, he may not be this year, but he's definitely capable of it. Nick, what are your thoughts on Polanco? Yeah, I, I agree with Noah on this. There's there's a lot to like about Polanco. I, I wish Robert was in on this podcast. He kind of has some interesting takes on on Jorge Polanco, but some interesting numbers that you pop out to this page. I know it's a early, early season, small sample size, but he's 56% of the balls he's hitting are considered a hard hit. And uh, I mean, he's mm-hmm. usually, I mean, he, he can, he consistently makes contact. He's usually in the, has a, if you look at his uh, career stats, he's usually in the, has a pretty high medium percent hit rate. Um, he's also pulling the ball extremely often this year, which is extremely not yeah, that's good. Just look at last yeah. year; he mm-hmm. had a almost was a could hit ball anywhere he wanted at any point in the game, which is really kind of which makes him a unique and uh, good two hole hitter for the Twins right now. Uh, I don't think this is a mirage. I think this is a, a Polanco that the Twins have been looking at. With his <clears throat> obviously his stick has been the thing that's been propelling him up the prospect boards when he was younger. Um, the glove is something that's always going to be work in progress, but. I don't mm-hmm. think this is a mirage. I think he's going to be a consistent bat in the Twins lineup this season that, like you said, could is uh, is is pretty healthy and strong right now. 
Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people forget that he was like a top five Twins prospect when he was called up. Mm-hmm. And he was called up right from high A, if I'm not mistaken, or double oh, yeah, A. A couple times like that, yeah. Yeah, and and I think he's kind of, I mean, last year and the year before that, we saw him have kind of mini breakouts. He'd have these streaks, and I think he's coming out of his shell this season. And it's not like he's getting lucky. You mentioned the hard hit rate, Nick. His exit velo is up four, four miles per hour. He's got a 16% hard uh, barrel rate, which is... Obviously, it's a small sample size. It won't stay at 16%. Usually, they're around 3 to 5%. Um, but it's not luck. He's hitting the ball hard, and he's he's definitely uh, becoming a real stud for this Twins team. And it's really fun to watch. All right. So, Polanco, we're all in agreement here. If Robert was here, he definitely would think it's fake. <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't. he's not the biggest Polanco supporter out there. Uh, we're all in on Polanco this season and all in on the Twins, if you guys heard our predictions podcast. All right. Last uh, surprise of the season is Tim Beckham for the Seattle Mariners. He's just been going absolutely bonkers this season. Four home runs, 11 RBIs. He's been going off. And in that Japan series, he went absolutely off. He's hitting 400 right now, guys. Nick, is uh, are you in on Tim Beckham? Based off your Seattle Mariners answer, I don't think you're completely convinced. I, I am not in on Tim Beckham. Uh, something that really sticks out to me is his K rate is at 18% right now, and that would be a career high for him by a long shot. Um, I, I maybe maybe he's completely changed his approach at the plate, but I, I see that 440 for Babip, and I just think his hard hit rate isn't isn't that outstanding that it's getting magically going through people. Um, <laughs> He, he he's always had a little bit of power in his bat. We see it when he hit 22 home runs in 2017 and 12 last year. But again, he still has a 30% strikeout rate over his career and a in a very low walk rate. So I I could see him with this maybe maybe his hammy's gonna probably bring him back down to earth. I know we saw a little day to day issue with that, but I I think this is the biggest mirage of the show. If you look if you look at his pedigree though. You, you, he hit 22 home runs in 2017 with the Rays and the, and the Orioles. Uh, he's a former first overall pick. Uh, everyone kind of talks about that. So mm-hmm. he had the pedigree at one point. Maybe he's putting it together. I don't know. Noah, do you believe it? Oh, I, I so believe in Tim Beckham. In fact, <laughs> his last five weeks, and this is from a Fangraphs article, his weighted runs created plus is 186, which is eighth best in the entire game. He was injured a lot of last season. He really didn't get consistent playing time. Um, 400 at-bats, or 369 at-bats, 12 homers. He hit 22 home runs in 2017 with the Rays. I know he's in Seattle, and no, I don't think he's going to win MVP, but I think this guy is for real, and I think he could be a middle-of-the-lineup bat. He has had strikeout problems. I understand that, but a lot of pit players nowadays have strikeout problems. He's on fire. He's hitting the ball well. He's staying within himself. And again, Luke, you you said it. He was a former first-round draft pick who's had success in the major leagues, and I think he's putting it together in his age 29 season. Mm-hmm. His exit velo is up three miles per hour from 86.6 to 89.8. His barrel percentage is up. He's hitting the ball hard. Now it's just kind of we'll see if he can continue that. All right, that'll wrap up our real mirage show. Hope you guys enjoyed our our takes on the early season at sample size. We could, could be completely wrong in like four weeks. <laughs> That's such a small sample size, but we thought it'd be fun to to go over some of the storylines in baseball. All right, you guys ready to hear if you're right for the uh, name game? Oh yeah, I'm ready. Okay, so the the name I gave out was Dylan Slugger with Oklahoma City, the Dodgers affiliate, uh, AAA affiliate. 
And uh, you guys were right. He's not a real player. I'm on a streak still. No, you lost. Oh, shoot. I forgot about that. Dang it. Don't remind me. Well, you, it sounds like you just blocked out your memory. Yeah, it was just too tra- traumatic, you know? Too traumatic, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. That'll wrap up our show for today. I uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Make sure to uh, rate, subscribe, give us feedback on wherever you get your podcast. Uh, next week, well, Robert might be back with us. It depends on how his Phoenix trips goes, if he can get his uh, his computer fixed. Um, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see you here next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.